Welcome to Scanner School. My name is Phil Lichtenberger. My radio call sign is W2LIE, and this is Scanner School, a podcast where we teach you everything you need to know about the scanner radio hobby. Now, this session of Scanner School is sponsored by you. You, the members of the After School Scanner Club, the citizens of Scanner Nation, those who have the frequencies in your area memorized, and those who know what departments are on the air by whose voice you hear, and especially those who can tell what departments on the air by simply hearing the frequency of the hum that the CTCSS encoder makes when it passes through your speaker. Without you and your support, Scanner School would not be where it is today. So to all of you who listen to the podcast, subscribe to our YouTube. Join us in our monthly Q&A sessions, either via Ask Scanner School or on our Facebook or YouTube live channels. For those of you joining the conversation in our Facebook community, following on Instagram, Twitter, and our Facebook fan page, to the nearly thousands of you who are subscribed to the email newsletter and our faithful Patreon supporter who right now are watching me record this episode live on a 10 p.m. slot on a Tuesday night, completely unannounced. My $5 Patreon supporters are finding this in their inbox right now before you guys can. So again, thank you. Thank you for everybody who has helped support us via our affiliate links through Scanner Master, Butel, our support page, our PayPal donation page, our Patreon supporters. Thank you for keeping Scanner School going for now 92 sessions. We're almost there. We're almost at number 100, and we couldn't do it without you. So to you, the listener, listening right now to Scanner School, thank you. Welcome to The Scanner School, a podcast dedicated to the scanner radio hobby. Class is about to begin. Here is your host, Phil Lichtenberger. Okay, before we begin, next week is another Ask Scanner School session. If you have not yet asked your question, please do so right now by going to scannerschool.com slash ask. If you ask your question via the phone number at 516-308-2885 or by using our speak pipe button at scannerschool.com slash ask, you'll be in the running for a free consulting call. So if you are a little shy and want to email me your question, you can do so by using the contact form on the ask page. But unfortunately, you will not be in the running for the free consulting call if you go that method. Right now, the free consulting call is only available to those who leave us a voicemail by either using our 516 area code phone number or by using the speak pipe link. And remember to do this right now. Pause the podcast. I can't answer your questions if you don't ask them. Also, as a reminder, our very next live Q&A session on Facebook and YouTube will be 11 a.m. Eastern Time on October 5th. That's the first Saturday of October. For those of you who like a standard time zone, that's 1500 UTC. So today's podcast is for the preppers. I've been on a couple of prepper podcasts thanks to Chin Gibson. Chin's been one of our early listeners and he's helped to bridge the gap between the preppers and me, the scanner radio user. So thanks to Chin, he got me onto a podcast called the Armed Squirrel Podcast. You can listen to that by checking out their episode number 193. Also, recently, I joined Chin and Sarah 
on the Changing Earth podcast number 213, which is also known as season six, episode 13. Now, from the prepper side, also we had on Chris Gilmore from Surviving the Storm, who made a amazing training course on how to how to survive a, a mock hurricane environment. So it's something that you can do at home, something you can exercise with the family. And again, we do have an affiliate for that training software. We'll put the affiliate for that in the show notes as well. But uh, we had Chris on the podcast at scannerschool.com slash session 66. So again, you'll have links to all the stuff in the session notes. But today is for the preppers themselves. 10 things preppers need to know about scanner radios. So so one of the things that I've learned from having Chris Gilmore on our podcast, as well as being a guest on the Arm Squirrel and the Changing Earth podcast, is a lot of the same questions come up when we talk to preppers on how to use scanner radios. So I thought it'd be good to make a resource so that anybody else who is in the prepping community can come to our podcast and take a listen. So if this is your first experience here with Scanner School, I want to say thank you and welcome this podcast is always here to teach you everything you know about the scanner radio hobby. So if you're looking to learn more about scanning, this is the podcast for you. So let's jump right into those 10 things right now. Number one, know how to use your scanner before the emergency. You need to be familiar with the manual and practice using the scanners. Scanners aren't as simple as just turning them on or entering 10 frequencies and heading off to the radiuses. Those days are pretty much long gone. And if you don't use your scanner, I don't know, regularly, I want to say, I don't know, I don't want to put a time on it because your memory and, and learning patterns could be different than somebody else's. But this is a tool, something you need to be used to using, something you need to be comfortable using. If you don't use your scanner, you're going to forget how it works. I promise you that. There's times when I forget how to use a different radio because I'm not used to using it for a while. So just recently, I picked up my Whistler TRX-1. And again, I still have it here on my desk because I realized how much of this radio I forgot how to use when I tried to even do a search setting on this. So I've been making it a point to go back and re-educate myself on how to use the scanner. Primarily, I'm a Uditan guy. That's why I have a problem memorizing how to use Whistler products sometimes. But to be honest with you, you have to use the hardware. You have to remember how it works. So I'm not saying you need to use it daily, but you need to break it out of your go bag and at least familiarize yourself with the scanner so you can remember how it works. Remember, an emergency is not the time or the place to realize that you need to look something up in a book or something online, right? You should be able to be familiar with how to lock things out, how to toggle banks, how to unlock things in your scanner during an emergency. Number two, how to buy the right scanner for your area. Now, we talked about this on podcast number 83. So if you haven't listened to that one, you can go back at scannerschool.com slash session 83 and check that one out. But to quickly summarize and give you the elevator pitch on that podcast, basically what you want to do is you want to go to the database at Radio Reference. Now, again, we'll put a link to the Radio Reference database in the show notes. From there, you're going to want to look for your country. Now, it's 
basically a global database at this point. It's going to default, at least for me, it defaults to United States because that's, I guess, where I am. I would assume if I had a Canadian IP address, it would default to Canada, but I really don't know, to be honest with you. But you're going to want to make sure that you look for your country. From there, you're going to want to narrow down to your state or providence and then your county or parish. See what you can find in that county list. Do you see a lot of FM or FMN signals in there, frequencies? Do you see something listed as P25, DMR, NXDN? These are all red flags to tell you what type of scanner you are going to need. If you see any of those, you're most likely going to need a digital scanner, especially one that's capable of picking up DMR or NXDN if the frequency guide tells you that those frequencies are in your area. Now, again, if you see an E listed, that's encryption. No matter what you do, you will not be able to listen to that frequency. Now, scroll all the way down the bottom of the page for your county. You're going to see a list of uh, trunk systems. What kind of trunk systems are out there? Is it EDAX, Motorola, P25, Capacity Plus, Connect? It could be a whole different kinds of trunking systems on there. And you're going to want to make sure that the scanner you buy can work on those trunk systems. Now, click in those trunk systems. Are there talk groups listed? Again, do they have an E next to them? These are all things you're going to have to look at. Now, again, we break this all down for you in session number 83 of the podcast. You can go to scannerschool.com slash session 83 for a full podcast on how to read the radio reference database. Now, I'll also be building a YouTube video on this as well. At just the time of the recording, I have not had time to do that yet. You'll be able to find that on our YouTube channel, scannerschool.com slash YouTube. Number three, realize that things do change and can change over time. What works today may not necessarily work tomorrow. There's a lot of things changing in the scanner radio landscape. For one thing, encryption is the big elephant in the room. What is clear today can be encrypted tomorrow. That's also true of the opposite. Sometimes, if you're lucky, what's encrypted today could be in the clear tomorrow. Very rare, but that could happen. Frequencies can change all the time. Trunk systems come online. Some are sunset. Some are in staging right now. You just don't know where they are at all times. So if you do know of something coming up, do a sanity check. Take out the scanner. Make sure what you expect to hear, you can hear. Sometimes you may find out that that scanner is unexpectedly quiet. Check to make sure that what you expect to hear on the scanner is actually coming through on the scanner. Case in point, my local police department went encrypted. People are still calling me up and emailing me saying, hey, I have a scanner that I had programmed for you about 10 years ago. All of a sudden, I realized that the police have stopped transmitting on there. What do I have to do? Yeah, well, if you turned your scanner on in the last five years, you would have found out yeah, the police are gone. FDNY, they recently just vacated their VHF frequencies and went up to UHF, right? Here's another example. So things are constantly changing. Be aware of the changes. Number four, know where to buy a scanner. I get this question asked a lot. There's two avenues I recommend. You can go to Amazon. Again, if you want to go to Amazon, that's up to you. I do recommend, though, Scanner Master. I buy... 99% of my scanner gear directly from Scanner Master. In fact, I just bought, and I have yet to take it out of the box. I'm just digging it here off my desk right now. You can hear the background noise. 
I just bought the Uniden SR30C. For those of you watching me on Patreon right now, you see me holding this scanner up. Still in the box, by the way. I'll be doing a full review on this scanner going forward. But again, I do buy most of my gear from Scanner Master. I do have an affiliate link to Scanner Master at scannerschool.com support or also by going to scannerschool.com scannermaster. I recommend Scanner Master. They've been in the business for 40 years and you can't stay in business for 40 years if you don't know what you're doing, <laughs> okay? So Scanner Master knows their stuff. They have the best prices around on them and I highly Highly recommend doing business with them if you're looking for a scanner. You can buy your scanner from there. You can buy at-the-market accessories from there. You can buy cases, batteries, extras, antennas. You can even get it programmed, which is what brings us up to number five here. Where to get a scanner programmed or how to even ask for help. Now, you have several options where it comes to programming a scanner. You can do it yourself. You can get software to do it. And again, I recommend Butel software. If you have a subscription to Radio Reference, you can just import the Radio Reference database into your scanner. Software that does that, again, obviously Butel, ProScan, and FreeScan will do that for you. If you have a Home Patrol radio or a radio from Whistler that supports the EasyScan software, then you don't need the premium membership to Radio Reference. The software does it for you. But if you're really new to scanning and you have no idea what you're doing, and a lot of this just makes you very nervous and you're not sure what you're doing, I recommend buying your scanner from Scanner Master and having them do the programming for you. Again, if you go to scannerschool.com slash scanner master, you can just pick the radio you want, and then you can go ahead and tack on the programming as well. Don't be afraid too to give them a call and ask them, I'm in this neck of the woods, I wanna buy a scanner, what scanner do you recommend? If you do it that way, I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't get credit for the sale there, but I also wanna make sure that you do get the right scanner for your area. So if you do call up and they wanna sell you a scanner right there in the spot over the phone, I definitely recommend working with the operator and getting it done that way. There's plenty of great staff when it comes to Scanner Master, and I am not gonna complain if you don't go through my list, if that means that you get the right scanner for you. That's what I'm here to do at this podcast right now. It's just to make sure that you get exactly what you need. Okay, number six, let's talk antennas, right? The rubber duck, the piece of unknown that sticks out from the top of your scanner or off the back. Stock antennas aren't always the best tool for the job. Aftermarket antennas can and typically do improve your signal. Now, if you have the means, I highly recommend adding a scanner to the outside of your home or outside of your car, okay? If you add an antenna outside of your home, you are also going to need coax. Now, when it comes to antennas for your house, I recommend the Diamond D130NJ. Again, you can buy one of those by going to scannerschool.com slash D130NJ. Again, we'll have a link to that in the session notes. For coax, nothing hands down beats LMR 400. Now it's a little bit pricey, but you do get what you pay for. Look, there's loss between the antenna and the back of your radio, okay? If you have too much loss in the coax, it's like not even bothering to put the antenna outside. So you're gonna wanna get all that signal that comes in from the antenna to the back of your radio. LMR 400 does the best job at doing that for the price 
and the ease of installation. You can go to scannerschool.com slash LMR400. Again, links in the session notes, scannerschool.com slash session92 would be where the session notes are. Again, you can buy both through Scanner Master. For the antenna, though, that comes with it, again, it's a equal opportunity offender. It's going to be equally poor throughout the band. The thing is, scanner radio manufacturers do not know exactly where it is you're going to be using this antenna. Are you going to be using it on a low band? Are you going to be on VHF? Will you be on UHF? Are you going to be on 800? They just don't know. So they give you an antenna that works pretty well over a large group of frequencies, right? It's just like the disc cone I recommended. It works over a large group of frequencies. So you can use that same antenna for pretty much anything you want to receive on. Now, if you are looking to pick up 800 megahertz, go ahead and get an 800 megahertz antenna. If you need something in the VHF or UHF range, try and find an antenna that works for that. For those antennas, I recommend diamond antennas. It's just what I've been using on all of my scanner radio gear when it comes to not putting it on the outside of the of the house. Number seven, what are the important frequencies or talk groups that are in use in your area? Now, obviously we wanna know where our local fire department, police department are, right? But we also want to think about ham radio repeaters. Now, a lot of the times, amateur radio operators, also known as ham radio operators, can be very busy and a very good resource of information when it comes to emergencies. A lot of times, they are working as auxiliary radio operators, helping the local, county, state, or regional government relay messages so that their own operators can do what they are good at, search and rescue, logistics, whatever it is. So amateur radio operators are kind of just the communication link, the volunteers to help relay messages from OEM, fire departments, Red Cross shelters. I mean, the list can go on and on and on. So knowing what amateur radio repeaters would be in use during that time is an important list to have. Again, you can easily find one by going to looking for your county, followed by ARES, A-R-E-S, or RACES, R-A-C-E-S. Example, I live in Nassau County, New York. I would look for Nassau County ARES or Nassau County RACES. You also want to look for where your local OEM or EOC would be operating as. Are they on a conventional channel or a, uh, a talk group? The Red Cross in your regional area typically has nationwide frequencies. They're, I think they're on low band, so you just want to double check that. Where's your local search and rescue group? What about your CERT team if you're here in the States? The national interoperability talk groups or frequencies and national TAC channels. These are all frequencies you're going to want to have in your scanner. Now, again, on other podcasts, prepping podcasts, I've talked about this. I had to put in FEMA and, and the NIFOG channels because when Hurricane Sandy or Super Storm Sandy ripped through Long Island, it destroyed South Shore communities. And we had a lot of help compiling in. And, you know, there's there's a lot of conversations going on that you don't ever want to hear again. And a lot of the communications was done on the uh, the National Interoperable, v, uh, National Interoperable VHF and UHF frequencies. So again, have those in your back pocket, have them programmed in your scanner so that, you know, when the time comes, you have them. Also think about maybe utilities, local gas, power, electric, those kinds of things maybe you want to have in there as well. So when the lights go out, you know where maybe they'll come back on again. You just don't know. Okay. Number eight, batteries. 
You should always keep a set of batteries charged and ready to go for your portable scanner. Now, if you have a desktop scanner or something that's mobile, you should know how to take it off of commercial power if you want to keep listening when the lights go out. Now, again, we did talk about that in a previous podcast. So you had uh, session 39, which was an easy emergency battery backup for your ham or scanner station. Again, scannerschool.com slash session 39 for that one. And uh, in that one, I kind of talked about how to wire in an auxiliary battery or UPS so that the uh, station would always flop over to backup battery power if you should ever lose commercial power. But again, you should know what kind of batteries are in your handheld scanner. You should know how to replace them, how to access them. You should know how to charge them. Some scanners will not charge the batteries if the scanner is on. And some scanners, you have to press the E button in order to enable and turn on the charging circuit. Also, there might be a little switch inside of your scanner that switches from alkaline to nickel metal hydride, or depending on your scanner manufacturer as well, you might have a completely different battery holder from chargeable to non-rechargeable batteries. That's a great way of saying that. The black case was normally for alkaline batteries, and the yellow case was for the rechargeable battery packs. So again, you're going to want to be very familiar with how to replace, how to install, how to charge your batteries in your portable scanner if that is what you are going with. Okay, number nine, NOAA weather radio. You're going to want to know where the local NOAA weather radio frequency is. Can you hear them? Do you need to be on an external antenna for that? Very important to know your local NOAA weather radio frequency. Now, it could also be life-saving if you know how to put your scanner in NOAA weather alert standby. So if you're not listening to your scanner to hear what's going on and it's just sitting on a shelf, maybe you should just leave that on to uh, to the weather alert setup so that when the alert systems do activate, your scanner will act as a weather alert radio, actually doing double duty, and it could alert you if there's an emergency. Now, again, I do talk about weather alert radios on a way earlier podcast. That one is on session number 19, scannerschool.com slash session 19, where we talk about weather alert monitoring. Okay, finally, number 10, how to enable and disable the nuisance checks. What are these nuisance checks I'm talking about? Close call, no weather radio, and priority mode. These are the checks that happen every second or two that can really drive you nuts because if you're listening to something and it constantly picket fences on you or the carrier drops or it unexplainably, unexplainably, I don't know, if it just randomly seems to change frequencies on you, it could be because you have a priority mode turned on, you could have close call turned on, or you could have NOAA weather radio check turned on. Sometimes you might want these turned on. Like you may want to have close call turned on if you know somebody is operating nearby and you want to find out what frequency they're on. Close call is great for that. NOAA weather radio check, you may want to have that on just in case a alert comes over. The scanner will then go to that so you don't miss that. And again, priority mode, if you want to keep tabs of what's going on exactly in your backyard, great. You can have them all turned on. But sometimes, more times than not, these can be nuisance factors. So again, maybe if you're going to use these, it may be time to get a second scanner and just leave them in those modes as well. So to summarize, know how to use your scanner before the emergency. 
buy the right scanner for your area. Realize things can change over time. What might work today may not work tomorrow. Know where to buy a scanner. Know where and how to get it programmed and where to look for help. I think I forgot to touch up on this one. Radio Reference has a great set of forums. So if you're looking for help, you can go to Radio Radio Reference and click on forums. There's plenty of help in there for the different manufacturers of radios as well as local areas as well. Now, again, you can also also go on our Facebook group, scannerschool.com slash Facebook group, if you want to ask in that group as well. You should know about the antennas that come with your scanner and how to put up an auxiliary antenna if you want to increase your range. You want to know what frequencies are important or what talk groups are important for your area. You should know about the batteries that are in your scanner, how to replace them, how to charge them. Uh, you should understand how to set up your radio to listen to the national weather, NOAA weather radio frequencies, and also how to enable or disable the nuisance checks. Now, again, you can download this guide or the session notes by going to scannerschool.com session number 92. Okay, now before we wrap up, I have a few extra things I want to remind you about. First one, I want to thank our Patreon supporters. We got Dan, Glenn Bryden, James Felling, M.T. Bono, Raymond Hill, and Todd Glendi. At the $5 level, those who are watching me right now do this live. We have Craig Harper, Guy Lee, John Goldenberg, Kenneth Newberry, Kenneth Fowler. And again, Kenneth, thank you so much for being a guest on last week's podcast, by the way. We have Ronnie Bach, Sal Marandola. Scott Vorder, Signals Everywhere, and finally, William Arcand. Now, if you want to help support Scanner School, either by being a Patreon supporter or going through our affiliate links, go to scannerschool.com support. Now, in closing, if you have a podcast idea and you would like to be a guest on this podcast, you can book me right now by going to scannerschool.com. At the top bar, click on podcast and then click on be a guest. You can also book me to be a guest on your podcast by following the same instructions, except click on have me on your podcast. We've had a lot of past guests come to me with suggestions for this podcast. Now, this includes Pete DeVosto, who wanted to talk about how he, as a blind person, uses the scanners. We had Harrison Wilson click on that link and request to be on the podcast to talk about the hidden dangers of using commercial radios. Jim Peruta was the first person to do that, and we talked about fire photography. Michael Mann and I talked about mill air monitoring, and Nathan McMullen contacted me with an awesome idea on how to get into scanning on a very limited budget. These were all suggestions from your fellow Scanner School listeners, so I invite you, come on the podcast. Go to scannerschool.com, click on podcast, and then click on be a guest. Don't forget, next week is our Ask Scanner School. I've got two questions so far in queue. One of those will win a free consulting call if nobody else asks. Go to scannerschool.com slash ask to submit your scanner radio questions right now. Do it before you forget because if you don't ask, I can't answer them. Again, all of the links we talked about today will be on our session notes at scannerschool.com slash session 92. Scanner School is copyright 2019 by Monitor Island Inc. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and this is Scanner School. We teach you everything you need to know about the scanner radio hobby. We will catch you all again next Tuesday. 73 everyone.